No Zion Williamson, no Brandon Ingram, no Herb Jones, no problem for the Pelicans as their depth gets them a big win over Luka Doncic in the Mavs. There were so many good performances, so let's take a look at who stood out and what got the Pelicans this win. It's Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Wednesday day after the Pelicans get a gritty Team win 113-111 over Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. And oh, by the way, no Zion Williamson, no Herb Jones, no Brandon Ingram. How would they get this one done? It really was a team win. And I've got an incredible stat for you that I'll read off in just a moment. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Lockdown Pelicans brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen today and every day, especially after big wins like this. We are completely free, coming to y'all five days a week like no one else is, breaking down all things good and bad with Pelicans. And at the start of this year, it's all good. This one had the makings of being bad. This seemed like it was going to be a scheduled loss. And we'll maybe talk a little bit tomorrow about them holding Zion and Herb Jones out of this game. But Brandon Ingram's still in concussion protocol. You're missing three of five starters. Luka Doncic has dominated this team. They've beaten him once since he's come into the league. You weren't expecting to get this win. You would expect that this team would fight. That is definitely a calling called a hallmark of this squad. But you weren't expecting a win. Well, they delivered on it. And everyone contributed to this one. Here's a number that I heard that is fantastic. The Pelicans had eight players in double figures. That is the fifth time, only the fifth time in franchise history they have ever had eight or more guys get into double figures. This was a depth win. This was a team win with guys stepping up, out hustling, out playing, out rebounding, out fighting, whatever words you want to use, the Dallas Mavericks. It's an incredible victory and something that this team should be unbelievably proud of. Just a pure, gritty performance showing why we think that this team is deep. And they just told the league, hey, even without some of our top guys, we can still get victories. And it really started with Najee Marshall. He is not the most loved on Pell's Twitter and in social media, but I think he's been playing pretty well this season. And he fought like it in this game. When you look at the Pelicans and their individual plus minuses, which is a somewhat useful stat within the right context, Najee had the highest out of any player for New Orleans in this one. That really does tell you a lot here. Plus 14 on the night. They won the minutes he was out there on the court by 14. He was 6 of 9 from the field, 15 points. But it wasn't his offense that makes him the MVP of this game. It was his defense. He started off on Luka Doncic. Without Herb Jones, who would have taken that assignment, you have to get someone else else out there to do it. And Jose Alvarado and CJ McCollum being a little too undersized for the 6-7 Luka it was going to fall to Najee Marshall in this one. And he delivered. 
There were jokes being made on replies to me when I said, you're going to see Najee start on Luka. And everyone's like, well, six fouls are going to happen quickly. How quickly till he fouls out? He had three fouls in this game. His defense was good. His defense was good. Not amazing. Luka got his shots and went out and scored, but that's what Luka does. He finished with 37 points. It's a good number, but he also shot two of 13 from three, including the final shot, which we knew was going to be a Luka Doncic step back for the win. Finished with 11 rebounds, 7 assists. Good numbers, but not enough to get the team the victory because this team just out-hustled everywhere. And to not let Luka go for 60, well, that's what also helped New Orleans get this win. you got to give a lot of credit to Najee Marshall, who I think has been an unsung guy for New Orleans so far this season. It's not always going to show up in the stat sheet, but the hustle, the fight that he gives you, the size, and just never really backing down, kind of embodying a Willie Green type of player, I think. He's been borderline good, decent to borderline good this whole season. He was great in this game. Again, it was truly the depth. You saw CJ McCollum have an off shooting game. His offense isn't clicking like he'd like to start the season. Six of 20 in this one, but he dished out 11 assists. He had guys organized, pointing him where to go defensively, just doing what he could. And of course, came up with a big free throw in this one as well. So you saw him do what he needed to do. This is a different kind of depth. This is your style of play depth from him. Showing off, okay, my shot's not falling. One, I need to keep shooting and try and get out of this. Yeah, 14 points on 20 shots is not a good night. But 11 assists compared to just three turnovers is. He was impactful in those minutes out there. So the third best player for New Orleans with the individual plus minus in this one. And then you have a guy like Larry Nance Jr., who I also think was really key, especially defensively for New Orleans in this. You saw him switch multiple times onto Luka Doncic. You saw the limitations and the good play from Jonas Valanciunas in this one, kind of a mixed bag, right? There were moments when he was really effective, the moments when it's like you got to get him off the court. And that's where a guy like Larry Nance Jr. really comes into play. A switchable wing, instead of dropping back, trying to hang out towards the rim, take away dribble drives, he can stay out there on the perimeter and hang. And he did a really good job defending. These are guys that don't start. Najee doesn't start. Larry Nance Jr. doesn't start. And they were key guys in this win over the Dallas Mavericks, who are missing some dudes, but still certainly have, on paper, a much better team than New Orleans does. And they just did everything, well, the Pelicans did everything they could to limit those other guys. You knew Luka was going to go and get his. You figured Christian Wood would be effective off the bench. But Willie Green had a good game plan. And unlike the game against the Utah Jazz, where he waited too long to go small, and kept Valanciunas out there instead of putting Larry Nance Jr. in, and then finally did, and you saw the run the Pelicans went on, he adjusted. This was a much better coached game from Willie Green with that, including winning a challenge. Whenever a coach wins a challenge, you've got to love that from them and everything that they're doing. So let's look at some of the other big performances because I haven't mentioned Mr. Perfect yet. Trey Murphy not missing a shot in this game. Or what about Jose Alvarado, who straight up embarrassed, straight up embarrassed JaVale McGee in this one? Or the rookie Dyson Daniels stepping up and playing strong minutes? And even probably a guy that had been harder on than anyone else on this team, Devontae Graham, hitting clutch shots for New Orleans. A true, a true team victory for the Pelicans, out hustling, out playing, out doing everything, out fighting 
the Dallas Mavericks. Let's look at some of the other standout performances coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. It's super important to make sure you get the right hire for your open position, for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. So post your job for free on LinkedIn Jobs and add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. They have simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Nothing worse than having an open position just lingering. You got to throw other work on other people. Maybe they quit. You certainly can't have that. It's costing you money. You're operating more inefficiently. You got to get someone hired. LinkedIn Jobs is the number one way to do it. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnMBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnMBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're completely free, Monday through Friday, breaking down the biggest wins, the biggest stories around this team. I got a fun show coming for you all tomorrow. We're going to look at some Pelicans overreactions. We're going to play a little bit of Pelicans Mythbusters. What's real, what's fake, with what we've seen through the through the first four games for this team. So thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans your first Listen, in the third segment, after we look at some of the standout performances here, there's one deficiency that I've noticed over the first four games for New Orleans. I'm really excited, not excited to talk about that, but it's something that they can easily fix. And it's on the defensive side of the ball and what they're allowing in terms of three-point shots from the opponents. I got the stats for you. That's coming up here in the third segment of today's show. But right now we're talking about the team win, the depth of this Pelicans team shining through. Najee Marshall, MVP, Larry Nance Jr. getting it done defensively, adding another dimension to the defense, to the offense, too, when Jonas Valanciunas, who I actually thought was really good in this game, too, needed to sit. But other guys were real key for the Pelicans, including their leading scorer, Trey Murphy III. Mr. Perfect, 8 of 8 from the field, 4 of 4 from 3. Two of two from the line. Five rebounds, one assist, one steal, just two turnovers in pretty good defense. He was absolutely fantastic in this one. You have heard everyone say they are high on him. I've been saying it. Other podcasters and bloggers have been saying it. Antonio Daniels was screaming it through the TV the other night. They're all, everyone is a big believer in Trey Murphy, and you saw it in this. The shot-making ability he has and showing off a more well-rounded aspect to his game, including getting inside and dunking over guys, you saw Luka Doncic get out of his way under the basket, making a business decision because he didn't want to end up being on a poster. He, Trey Murphy III, scared off Luka Doncic. It's a second-year guy thrust into the starting lineup and going against one of the better teams on paper in the NBA not backing down, hitting his shots. We've seen him grow over these first four games. We knew he was going to be in store for a big season, but to see it culminate like this, you know, truly a next man up mentality, eight of eight, the depth shining through, leading score for New Orleans on the night, where again, they had eight guys in double figures 
That is just the fifth time that has ever happened in franchise history. But we could keep naming names. I could almost name everyone who played in this game. Everyone was that important. If you take one of them out, change their game slightly for the worse, New Orleans loses this. This was as much of a team win as I think I've really ever seen from a Pelican squad in the NBA. You also had Jose Alvarado just dribbling circles around dudes. 13 points on the night. He was number two in individual plus minus, by the way. Two steals, just making defensive play, doing things on offense. He opened the game within the first like five minutes by scoring nine points. He was matched up, got a switch on JaVale McGee, and multiple times just literally dribbled circles around JaVale McGee. And if I were JaVale McGee, man, that's embarrassing what just happened. This dude is six feet. McGee is how tall? Seven foot. There's a full foot difference in height with these guys. The wingspan even greater. And and you just saw him score right, right around him. With a little, you know, teardrops, finger rolls all over JaVale McGee. They had to sub JaVale McGee out so fast because he was so horrible to start this game. And when you saw what Jose Alvarado was doing, this team was fired up. If you looked at the bench, whenever you're in the arena, when guys are scoring, doing things, look to this Pelicans bench. Look at how happy they are. How they create so much energy that the then starters, the players in the game truly do feed off of. And it's this like snake eating its own tail, but with like infectious energy and only a good thing. They were going nuts. And that just kind of set the tone for the rest of this game and the way that they all played. Jose Alvarado did some amazing things in this one. Dude just has a knack for making plays. Had fight, went for the sneaky steals multiple times. He ended up getting hurt, and I thought he was faking it to try and do another tactic to try and get a steal. He should have had one, too, where he should have forced to travel, and the refs just missed it. But just a tremendous performance from him on the night. And when you look at this team, they did not do the things that are like truly what we would think of with a Pelicans team. They rebounded Not great in this one. Part of it was just shot making on both sides of the ball. But just four offensive rebounds and just 22 defensive rebounds. That is not what we're used to seeing from this team. They had 26 total boards compared to 37 for the Dallas Mavericks. And they still managed to get the win despite things just not going their way or this being their style. But you had Jonas Valanciunas go in, and despite Christian Wood having 23 points in this, made his life tough. And they had to really limit the minutes that Christian Wood played in this because Jonas, whenever he was out there with him, really limited his offensive game and what he was capable of doing. And then you have the rookie, Dyson Daniels, who has not really played at all this season and gets thrust into 22-plus minutes in this one. I was at the arena early. And Dyson Daniels was out there earlier than his normal time slot to warm up. Guys have like a normal thing, you know, 60 minutes before the game, Luka Doncic comes out, let's say, you know, 85 minutes before the game, it might be another player warming up. I forget what Dyson Daniels is off the top of my head, but he was out there earlier than normal to get extra shots in. He knew he was going to be playing and he wanted to be ready. And he was good. He was good. There were some rookie moments. There were some rookie moments where he got a little lost on D, where he got turned around and you had to have someone point him where to go. That's fine because when he was matched up one-on-one, he did a good job. 11 points for the rook, four or five from the field, made a three, two of two from the line, three rebounds, two assists, and then his defense. Early on in the game, 
in the first half, he just straight up like wrecked Luka Doncic. Luka trying to post him up. You see a little defensive move from Dyson Daniels, puts Luka on the ground, just picks up the ball, goes, and it's a fast break going the other way. That is a rookie doing that to an MVP candidate, one of the better guards, wings, whatever you want to call Luka, in the league. Dyson Daniels looked like an NBA player in this one, ready to go. We thought he might be. He's definitely going to be making a claim for rotation minutes. Defensively, he's at an NBA level. Is he an amazing defender? Not per se, but he's going to be there. You can absolutely see it. And in a game where they needed some size out in the backcourt to deal with Luka and some of the other big guys that the Mavs were tossing out there, Dyson Daniels was a good answer and really played his part in this one. And then lastly, before we get to the stuff about the defense in the third segment, Devontae Graham, who I don't love, hasn't played particularly well this season, came up big in this one. Next man up mentality. Your number is called. You got to deliver. You got to perform. He did four of 10 from the field, but more importantly, four of eight from three. Make your shots. He did. You know, you can't ask for much more than that. He was shooting so well and such a threat that they kept him in for the closing lineup. I was there being like, they got to sub him out, right? And Willie Green trusted his guy, kept him out there, made one key free throw down the end, then missed another one, which was a little bit brutal, right? That gave Dallas a chance for the win with that Luka three, but that was the most obvious thing coming in the world. But he made big shots and they don't win without those from him. And this is why he still has a place in this rotation and why head coach Willie Green trusts him. Truly, truly a team win the entirety of the night. This is where the depth that we thought this squad had really shined. They should not have won this game without Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and Herb Jones. And they did. It's the kind of the embodiment, right, of the Willie Green speech from the playing tournament. You got to fight. And the Pelicans team absolutely did. Got the big victory, 113-111, over at the Dallas Mavericks. What a fun game. Should be proud, Pelicans fans. Like, this is the type of win, the depth, these guys trying hard, that should make you really proud of this team. So coming up next though, there is a concern when it comes to the defense and you really saw it for a while in this game. At one point it looked like they were going to lose because of it. Corner threes, weak side three point shooting. Let's talk about it coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we do that though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by betonline.net. Betonline.net, your number one source for betting football and whatever you want to bet on with the start of the new basketball season. So you can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every single game. If you were betting the Pelicans plus four and a half in this one, you would have done really, really well. And this team has no quit. They're deep. You know that now. Next time, it looks like they're underdogs. Maybe take advantage of that. So as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live in-game betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sports out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events. So head to the website today. You can get there on your mobile device as well to learn more about the trends and the action happening over at BetOnline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking it all down, the big things in the wins, and things that are maybe a little bit concerning too, and that's what we're going to talk about coming up in this segment. Now for your next listen, Locked On NBA. It's a Wednesday, which means I'm on Locked On NBA with my co-host John Krause of Locked On Celtics. It's our big national show. It's fun to be on there. Make sure you catch up on all the biggest stories around the NBA. Locked On NBA coming to you Monday through Friday with rotating hosts, and I'm there every single Wednesday. So the Pelicans 
defense fought hard in this one. They they truly did. And their defense has been something that I have expressed concern about going into this year. It seems like it's one, their offense was going to be good. We know that fourth best offense in the league going into this game. Defense around middle of the pack, right at 15th or so. Perfect. That's what you want to see. But there is a lot of room for it to get better. And despite the fight from these guys and individually playing one-on-one pretty well, there is something that is a bit of a problem. And it comes when guys really drive to the basket. And you saw it kind of really rear its head with Luka Doncic in this one. Anytime he drove, particularly from a side pick and roll, maybe around the break from the three-point line, he would get down low and then kick the ball right across to an open shooter in the opposite corner. What you saw was the Pelicans perimeter defense not at times play amazing. Guys would get blown by and it forces a big to rotate over to meet that man coming. Say Luka Doncic on a pick and roll coming down, beats his defender. You have to have someone rotate over and then no one's rotating to cover the man in the corner. So when Luka gets met by that big down low, which is likely coming from the corner, he just does that overhead like jump pass like that where he throws it and it's a bullet right to them. They take the three, they make the three and it's been a bit of a problem for New Orleans. Going into this game, the Pelicans were third worst in opponent corner three percentage. They were giving up 52% shooting from the corner threes through the first three games. They are good overall in terms of defending the three-point shot when you just look at opponent three-point percentage. It's at 34.1, but that's because they are really good, really good at forcing bad shooters to take above the break threes. Going into this game, 29.4% from non-corner threes, above the break threes, for Pelicans opponents, that's fifth best, but third worst when it comes to corner threes. In this game, the Dallas Mavericks shot 43% on corner three-point attempts. Not amazing, but still pretty good. You can do better than that. It's not you know as bad as the Pelicans have been giving up, but 43% is not what you want to be giving up for the most efficient, one of the most efficient shots in the league in, you know, in the entirety of the court. Above the break threes in this one, the Dallas Mavericks shot 29%. You can see a trend starting to emerge. So it really has to do with perimeter contained defense, guys getting beat and forcing rotation, something that the Pelicans just are not there quite yet on. It's something that's worth keeping an eye on. It didn't sink them in this game, though certainly it could have. You didn't really want them making all of those corner threes that they did. They shot three of seven from there compared to one of four from New Orleans. Tells you New Orleans isn't great at it either. But it's a bit of a problem that's starting to emerge, and it isn't really the fact that they're giving up open corner threes. That's kind of the symptom of the problem, which is that pick and roll contain, which they're not doing an amazing job of just yet. They get blown by a lot. That's partially why Luca has all of those points in this game. 37 was he would just get by, get down low, try and score. Luca only had five free throw attempts in this. It's not like he was getting fouled and going to the line. He was just beating these guys and he was getting out there and able to get to the rim and score or just kick it out for an open three, potentially. They need to really tighten that up. Their depth is still showing through. They're still a good enough team to overcome it, but it's very clearly a flaw, an issue for this team to really try and address and work on. If they do that, this defense is going to get even better, and they're already playing pretty good. But we don't need to nitpick too much. Oh, I still have the bet online thing up. I didn't even take that off. My bad. Um, So extra stuff for bet online there. So... It's not tanking them just yet. You know, this team is 3-1. and one. That's a tremendous start for the Pelicans right now. 
So let's just be happy with the depth shining through. They should get Zion Williamson back Friday. We'll see about Brandon Ingram. If you haven't listened to my show yesterday where I run you through the steps of the NBA's return to play from their concussion protocol. But great win. Team win for the Pelicans in this one. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow to play some Mythbusters, real or fake. I'll come up with a fancy name for it, but it's coming off of the biggest overreactions that you tweeted at me the other day, and it's going to be a fun show. I'm excited, so I'm looking forward to you tuning in tomorrow.